Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Angel, and this is Atlas Cast. In front of me today, I have a very good, very old friend. Again, another one from the military. He is a veteran, a patriot, and probably one of the best cultivators for cannabis I have ever met in my life. Everybody, welcome Matthew Oshinkowski to the show. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's, it's good having you, man. And uh, for those, because I don't have a video, but I definitely have audio, we're actually in a processing facility, right? We are in a cultivation facility, yep. So, Licensed by the state of Nevada. Tell, uh, tell the listeners what you do. Uh, so I'm the head grower for Ocean Grown Flowers here in the state of Nevada. Uh, we established ourselves this year, actually during the pandemic. So that was very interesting. Get it. A business. That's a W during 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's been a wild ride. It's definitely been a wild ride with licensing and, and finding the right people to invest and believe in me and, and uh, really do what I love. Like, this, this is it, man. Cannabis and, and helping folks out is, is what I've been doing for the last nine, ten years. And even while I was in the surface, it's all I could think about. And, and, and the reason why I chose you for a guest is because, one, I mean, you and I did serve, did serve together in the military mm-hmm. in the same unit. Uh, another thing is, of course, you do live here in Vegas, and because of that, you and I have constant meetups. But I, I really want to talk about, you know, the work that you do and the reason why you started doing it. You know, I remember us being still in the service and me about to get out and you, you know, talking about this like as if it was a miracle thing for, for veterans. Mm-hmm. And now that, again, I'm in my 30s and, you know, uh, anyone can have their long road with whatever other substance they have. I do find cannabis to be the most safe mm-hmm. and essentially kind of the most responsible one out of all of them. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, I, I, I really want to focus on, you know, you, what you've been able to provide for people. So yeah. you, if you could tell like the listeners, you know, why it is really that, that, you, that you jumped into this. Um, it really started with a friend of mine, uh, Tyler. Um, he and I went to pre-K together. Uh, we had been friends for 15-plus years. Um, and then he, unfortunately, developed stage 2 lymphoma. Oh, wow. And we were uh, roommates in Pasadena, California. Um, and I had to watch him go through the process of chemo, go through the process of cancer altogether. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it was heartbreaking and wild to see everything from that side of the i guess medical world happen in front of me gotcha and i mean it, it must be again hard to, to to see a friend just you know young boys and then have to have to watch him slow down and absolutely to, to the point where he i i it, through a man's standpoint you know you, you feel handicapped at that right. and i'm pretty sure that's not how your friend wanted to feel at, at those times and, yeah Watching him make the transition from, from to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> uh, watching him make the transition from pharmaceuticals to cannabis was what put me on the train, 110%. Really? Um, he went from not being able to eat to being severely depressed, talking about suicide on an almost daily basis. Wow. Um, and, you know, he had a girlfriend. You know, he had me and another roommate. You know, he always had people around him to help him out. Um, but he's kind of lived a dark life for the most part. His family wasn't mom, never had a mom to guide him, didn't have a dad to guide him. Oh, wow. Um, he was raised by his grandparents. So he's always had a really tough background. Right. And then this happened. Um, but then to watch just a plant, right, the flower from a plant. Right. Change his whole outlook on life, change his whole outlook on um, society as a whole himself uh, was absolutely almost mind-breaking for me because i couldn't i couldn't understand how just a simple plant that we've unfairly made illegal (laughs) uh is changing this man's life so drastically almost immediate right yeah almost immediately i mean him watching him go through spurts for three or four days not eating any food at all oh wow watching someone starve themselves is again wild you know to to watch that happen in front of you is insane. Your own you best friend, I mean? too. Yeah, yeah, someone that I've known. His grandfather raised me, babysat me. My mom did the same for him. Wow. You know, when his grandparents went out of town, he would come and stay with us for weeks on end. And, like, we were, we were considered family to each other for sure right. growing up. Um, so watching him go through that process <clears throat> and being in the service, it really, I was like, what else can this do? Right. You know what I mean? What, what other properties are in this plant? that could be beneficial 
and uh, you know help other veterans because that was watching the other veterans operate around me and right. fellow soldiers and stuff like that. Watching them go through the daily stresses and chain smoking cigarettes, two and, packs a day, running fifteen miles. Right? right, right, and then you know tobacco becoming such a huge part of their life. I'm like, man, like it's like we're not setting up our setting ourselves up for failure for the most part while we're in the service right but there's so many you have to deal with so much psychological stress on top of exactly now you're addicted to nicotine and alcohol and all this other stuff that's all you can have when right. you're in there exactly exactly and, and i think our military would be a very different place if we allowed cannabis i i, I agree <laughs> with you too actually yeah and and you know again this this being a podcast for my son a, a lot of times often parents don't want to have that drug talk with their kids and right. they're, they're missing a very valuable topic because this that can be that could be the make or break of it all 100 percent. and uh i remember growing up there was this billboard that was always outside my house that said it doesn't usually end up here, and it was a, a homeless man, but it usually starts here, and it's a little boy being handed a joint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I, I didn't really uh, dive into cannabis until I was in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of that, it really affected my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would really like my son to, to hold off as long as possible to even try it. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if he does, I would, I would rather have him come to me in, in order you know, to, to, to access and speak about it and and, and, and to, to, to those out there, the reason why I'm really talking about this heavily is because oftentimes I feel like people can be irresponsible and this isn't, this is still a, a substance. You, you should, absolutely uh, you should always, you know, hold yourself responsible no matter mm-hmm. how high you want to get. But back up, back to talking about the plant and, and, and the properties that, that it has, uh, would you be able to explain to our listeners the difference between CBD and THC? hundred percent. Um, so CBD is a non-psychoactive chemical that is produced by cannabis um, that has now scientifically been proven to relieve anxiety, stress, um, a plethora of things that people right. experience on a daily basis and take pharmaceuticals for. Um, it's also a natural anti-inflammatory. Yep. So it's great for athletes. It's great for people that do hard labor, like contractors right. and folks that work on our highways and stuff like that, guys who are literally breaking their back to make sure we function as a society. Yeah, shout out to all the laborers out there putting <laughs> stuff real. together. Absolutely, especially the ones working during the California fires. California fires and the Nevada heat. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Um, but uh, so CBD is non-psychoactive. It's 100% legal in, in all 50 states, at least from my understanding now. Right. Um, the one thing I can say about CBD is be very careful about where you source it from and what products yeah. You're buying that say they have CBD in them because there's a lot of people nowadays that are buying these CBD products and having them tested only for it to show up with 0.1 percent wow. CBD altogether. So they're really taking advantage. They're taking advantage of a very beneficial thing, which is kind of evil. You it's know? very evil. yeah, very evil. And you'll notice when you go to smoke shops now, that's kind of like the main thing that they're yeah. projecting. They're not doing jewel pods anymore. They're no. not doing you know anything like that. It's CBD cigarettes, CBD oils, lotion, stuff like that. So, um, but CBD, I mean, it, all you have to do is a quick Google and you can literally, you'll see a crazy long list of the beneficials. And the beautiful thing about CBD is there's also zero negative anything. There's no, you don't feel different. You don't, you feel better actually. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a very, uh, I'm very pro, a pro CBD, and and the reason why is because again you can you can walk into your home, take a five milligram edible, and all the BS and all the work stress that you mm-hmm. came in home with it it's it, it dissipates. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man, and uh, yeah, just be safe with those products, man, and look at what you're buying. Yeah, and <laughs> and on the topic of CBD, we we uh, both Matthew and I really wanted to dedicate this episode to Little Miss Charlotte, absolutely, who uh, who is essentially a, a, an enormous inspiration for you know cannabis enthusiasts and, and people that are pro cannabis. Uh, this this little girl had how many diseases, how many things wrong with her? She fought it all yep. to change laws to make this plant legal. Yep. And the reason why we want to dedicate it to her is because 2020 and COVID decided to come along and took this little girl away from the world. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I really would like to, you know, uh, throw a spotlight on that to her because if it wasn't for her, a lot of people wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know? And she has, she has her own documentary now on Netflix, so she's a very, also a very Googleable person, if you right. will. Um, and you can look at all the remarkable things she's changed and done. 
um, and the company that now uses her name, Charlotte's Web, yep. um, is definitely by far one of the most legitimate CBD companies to ever exist. They, wow. they or the parents almost endorse the company because they, they co-created it with her that's, in mind. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and we've seen, we've all seen the videos of these little kids having like seizures and then, mm-hmm. you know, family putting little droplets under their tongue to, right. to stop it immediately. And, and as a parent, when you look at that and you say, my only option is that little plant that you call the devil Right. And that pill that essentially takes my son away from himself mm-hmm. doesn't give him the ability to, to run around and right. be a little kid, yep. you know, and then again, what you do and what what these plants do is, is amazing. You Thank know? you, man. It's more the plants than me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, cannabis altogether is, is wild. But it, that's the primary differences between the two. THC can definitely provide you with a lot of that stuff as well. Right. Um, and there's also CBD. G, CBN, CBA, uh, there's a lot of different chemicals that come along with cannabis. Not every strain, per se, has more CBD than the other. And there's definitely some farms out there now that are focusing on what's called one-to-one. So, like, yeah. you know, for every percentage of THC there is, there's a percentage of CBD, which is phenomenal. I, um, yeah. I've noticed a lot of my friends that, uh, military veteran friends of mine, that like smoking weed or they like consuming cannabis products love the one-to-ones because cbd is also actually the natural um how can i explain it it's it's like it can if you're being overwhelmed by thc let's say your friend gives you an edible and it's too strong right or you smoke too much with your friends or you're taking a dab for the first time you oh. go into that anxiety and panic attack you can actually then take cbd and it counteracts the THC and brings you down. Wow. And it can even out your high completely. So the days of panic attacks are, <laughs> are over. You know what I mean? As long as you know that. As right. long as you know that. As long as you know it. Yeah, as long as you know that. Because there's a lot of people that have those panic attacks. And next thing you know, they're on the news. And they're like, we did this to this person. Exactly. It's the weed's fault. And it's like, no, they just didn't know. You know? Yeah. Or they smoked something that was right. not tested or not you know, right. legal. And, and, and on the THC side, right, um, I, I, I know that, again, that, that's the, the psychoactive side of it mm-hmm. all. And, mm-hmm. it, it, of course, it's and similar to CBD. It could be eaten. It could be in concentrate form and, of course, the original form of flour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, and, and I'm trying to go back because you obviously have more experience in this. Cultivating has, has come a long way. Absolutely. And, and it's not what it used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I, to, to quote, I hate to say it, but to quote Joe Rogan, we're, we're now like at weapon grade plant like we're, we're developing these plants at weapon grade i'm, we I'm pretty sure in the 70s when when all the hippies were running around would would love to get their hands on something like the stuff you grow you know it's funny man you say that there's a lot of older patients that i've dealt with in the state of california and arizona that uh they like the not so strong stuff <laughs> they really do um I and it, it, it kind of freaks them out a little bit they they felt comfortable with what they smoked in the 70s therefore they want the almost nostalgic feel of what they had when they were growing up and growing up as hippies. So right. there's definitely some um, older folks out there. And in the same respect, there's some older folks out there that have, um, you know, they're going through whatever disease they're dealing with. Uh, arthritis is a huge one. Right. That uh, they love the super strong stuff. Yeah. Um, I worked at a dispensary in California uh, in Canoga Park that we had this lady come in every day. Okay. Every day? Same lady every day. And she bought a 1,000 milligram brownie, ripped it open in front of us, ate it, and drove home. Oh, my God. And by the time she got home, it hit her. You know, because edibles do take anywhere between 45 to an uh, hour right. to really hit you and affect you. Um, but every day. And finally, we, we were all like, hey, why do you do this? You know, what? Do you, is this really fun? And she all giggled at us. And she was calling us chumps and stuff like that. And she was making fun of us. And uh, lo and behold, yeah, she, she had had kidney cancer for a while. Wow. Yeah, and that was how she ate. That was how she slept. That was how she functioned normally as a, as a person. Without pain. And-, and if there was ever a span of time where she didn't come in, you could immediately, watching her walk through the door, 
you could tell how different she was. Wow. She normally walked in dancing around, being silly, you know, knowing she was just a retired lady and she was living out the rest of her life. Um, you know, she usually had a very good attitude towards everything, but there was those times where she maybe didn't have the money to grab a 1,000 milligram edible at the time yeah. or, you know, um, whatever the circumstance was. Uh, and she would just come in and just, it was like night and day, Jekyll and Hyde. She was really? just very depressed and, oh, hi, how are you guys? It's so um, sad. Yeah, I wasn't able to pick up my edible yesterday and, like, I really don't know what to do. And, and being, like, bringing Tyler back up and going through that experience, I made it sure to mention that her specifically to the dispensary owner and we were able to because of how the california laws were right we were able to help her out with free product that's awesome when she would come in in the event that she couldn't afford it that's so awesome um, and that was incredible yeah because you know as shady as some people want to call the medical market in california or how it was um i've never seen a medical market really help patients like how california did Right. Um, I also lived in Arizona, worked there, saw the medical market there uh, for the last two years before I moved here to Vegas. Right. Um, and they treat it more recreationally out there, even though it is medical. Right. Um, but yeah, man, California, again, seeing that and working in the dispensary itself right. and experiencing those people who were going through the problems and diseases and traumas, uh, that's what really pushed me from smoking weed to being as hard as I can in the industry to make sure that we see good product right. come out at a fair price for people who need it. Wow. Because I'm so, I'm tired of seeing these cannabis companies come in. Uh, I'm not going to name any specifically. Right. But uh, they come in, they pay their growers, you know, 30000 a year, 40000 a year, which is pennies. Compared to yeah. what, uh, what other growers make. The real growers. Yeah, and they're managing these 10,000 square foot facilities and absolutely you know, growing stuff that is not good on the recreational side or the medical side. Right. And it just, you know, you look at it and you look at the price that you just paid and you're like, what? Really? Like, how is this possible? And it happens to me all the time here in Vegas. I see these companies and I'm just like, I have to be better than them. I have to be better than them. Gotcha. So... If you could take like our, our listeners through like a like a daily part of your life, like when you come in here, you know what do you do, and you know how you get everything processed and cultivated and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the size of our facility now, we're still pretty small. Um, we plan on expanding very soon here. Um, but the daily life of me is I come in when the lights turn on and when the plants wake up, which is at seven a.m. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm up when they're up because they are a living thing. They, they, they really are. <laughs> they are they very really much are. a living thing. Um, and they don't take days off like people do, you know, so I got to be here seven days a week. Really? Yeah. I, ever since, uh, we started the project back in, uh, let's see here. Early April is when I think I put seeds down really in, in cocoa. Yeah. Um, I've been here seven days a week, man. Seven days a week since yep. then. And, and you know what? Your, your work really shows because what you, you know, the, the, the little tour that we got to go on in the facility and, and, and the plants are just, those plants are taller than you and I. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're a pretty tall dude. Yeah. You know, a little Korean kid being five foot five is not very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I really want to touch on, on one of the big things is, is the PTSD and how, and how cannabis helps veterans. Oh, man. Because um, you've told me stories, like even yeah. when we, we were, you know, suited up, and you were like, you know, this, this, I've seen this help other people, yeah. especially veterans. Yeah. So uh, for a very short period of time, um, with that same gentleman I referenced earlier, Tyler, uh, we owned a fully legal uh, medical delivery dispensary in the city of Burbank. Um, so we serviced North Hollywood, we serviced Van Nuys, we serviced Pasadena, we serviced that entire kind of LA area. And um, I had a lot of veteran patients pick up. And it was insane to hear how terrible it was for them just to fall asleep. Right. And going through night terrors and the experiences. And uh, it's, it's almost the same on like the, the cancer side, if you will, where it's just it's nothing but beneficial for them. Um, 
PTSD has a long list of negativities, obviously. Very much. From lack of sleep to being severely stressed to being triggered by loud noises and um, kind of having a bipolar attitude towards things and um, watching these guys be stern and angry and sheltered and then they smoke a joint and suddenly they're open, they're yep. laughing, they're they're quitting alcohol. Yeah. You know, they're dropping alcohol because they're like, why? Exactly. You know, what's the what's the point of this when I can just smoke a J and I'm good for the next six hours versus not being able to drive my car, being severely impaired. Right. Um, you know, and just kind of being alcohol adding to the negativity list of PTSD. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, they all told me that they felt THC was the complete opposite. It's what pulled them out and made them a regular person. It allowed them to walk into groups and walk into... Wow large buildings with people where normally they wouldn't do that just right. because of the anxiety that they had of dealing with so many people. Um, you know, and going back to night terrors, that's a huge thing too, is that's the main complaint I got from a lot of combat yeah. veterans that we serviced. Um, they just not being able to sleep. So you're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I stay at home and I play video games and I don't sleep. Like who cares? It's like, no, these guys, you know, five, six days a week have to sit and roll in their bed. Yeah. And even when they do fall asleep, there's no guarantee that they're going to stay asleep. Right. Because you know? they could wake up and have a numerous amount of dreams or experiences that they think they're back in their situation. They think they're back overseas. Um, and every veteran psychologically deals with PTSD a different way. Yeah. So I've seen some veterans who have it, and you'd never know they have it. Yeah, but they smoke weed anyway, so they can continue to better themselves and push that kind of PTSD out of their head altogether. Um, and then you have the ones that are obviously, you know, you meet them and they're very uh, affected, if you will. They're very. We, we have a we have a mutual friend that that's very much like that. You know, showing up to formation the moment we walk out, he's he's already doing his own thing, doing something else. Yeah, but. You know, and 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 I completely agree with you because again, relating back to that one specific friend that you and I have, it's you see the effect it took on his life. You know, yeah. I, I get you and I going through you know our, our little spats that we went through, but this guy was in the, the invasion of Iraq. Right, you see it in their eyes. Yeah, you, know, you can tell like these guys are like it, it, sometimes they look like they looked at the sun for an hour. Yeah, you know their pupils don't dilate. Right, and, and they're just like that at all times. And uh, one of the things that I got into yesterday with my friend Danny is that. Uh, healthcare for veterans mm-hmm. is 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 completely the absolute worst. It's you know the worst. You, you, <laughs> you enlist and you go fight for the country, and you know you're you're, you're giving back pennies, and sometimes you know nothing at all. And you see these, I hate to say it, but you see these veterans combating PTSD with all these medications. But I hate to say it, CBD and THC, from what it looks like, is probably the best option to go with. Yeah, and there's tons of studies nowadays. Luckily, living in 2020, where um, Canada has already thoroughly proven time and time again THC is nothing but beneficial. They have now integrated cannabis into their VA system for the Canadian vets. Yeah. Um, It depends on their severity of injuries and circumstances. Right. Um, But they are, and they're also kind of, they're open to mushrooms as well, which is cool. I I think that's the next thing. I think Oregon just legalized it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know uh, Colorado's trying to do it too. Shout out to the hippie states, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And and in those hippie states, because we did talk about this a little bit before the show started, um, you, uh, well, the the cannabis industry is obviously a big industry and it's going to continue to grow across all 50 states. I, I really do have a feeling uh, whether it's going to be legalized, decriminalized, or just pretty much normalized and be taken off as a controlled substance, mm-hmm. it's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to see like Marlboro cut all their tobacco plants down yep. to start growing cannabis outside. Yep. Can Can you give us like a little bit of insight on how it is in the industry? As far as like recreate, like how the world of recreational weed is, I, I guess so. Because I guess coming where we're coming from, we 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 would get it from like our cousin's older brother that grew it in his. <laughs> closet and then to to now it being like an apple store when you walk into these things yeah um so you're you're more so asking like the transformation of how we went from like medical to recreational or um like how that transition happened or just how it's different or just how it's different um it's unfortunately in totally in my opinion you know this is not based by any facts i think that um 
it's kind of taken a downturn mm. in some specific states. Speak on that. In some specific states. Um, California is currently going through an insane battle for licensing. Okay? Insane. Um, the price in which it costs to be a small craft grower or producer or edible maker, any of that, um, is ridiculous. Right. Um, and then, of course, you have, you have to factor in building prices. You have to factor in regular bills, electricity, water, stuff like that. Taxation. Like, you have to be backed by a million-dollar investor, if not billion-dollar investor, in order to properly compete with the recreational companies that exist nowadays. Really? Um, at least that's how it is in California. Luckily, in Nevada, it's kind of not so much that way right now. It could go that direction. Right. And I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, luckily, you know, we're already at, we've already passed the start line. We've already gone right. past go. So um, we already got our, our, our foothold here. But um, yeah, California, it's, it's, it's rough, man. And I've seen everybody from big guys like the Jungle Boys yeah. uh, up to like Alien Labs and stuff specifically talking on how unfair the licensing system is working in the state of California and how it's only benefiting the rich. Exactly. Which I think is so wrong. The, <laughs> I, I think it's so wrong. And uh, I personally think that, like, I think we were talking about this before we, we started the podcast, was that um, I think that minorities above all deserve more of a right into this industry right. than, you know, the rich white med men guys <laughs> or anything like that. You know what I mean? And, and what's, what's kind of cool to see is, and you know, it, it sounds kind of messed up saying it's cool, but we're watching companies like, um, Dan Blazarian's company and kind of med men fail yeah. right now. They're losing millions yeah. and millions of dollars and they're having to close dispensaries, um, because they're in it for the money and they, exactly. weren't, they weren't in it to begin with. You know, they saw it as an investment opportunity in a portfolio instead of, um, you know, where it originally resided, which was the medical benefits that it provided to society as a whole. Exactly. And they don't care about that. They don't care about uh, who's consuming their product. They make sure that their packaging is cool. They make sure that they hire um, hot hostesses at their dispensaries so they catch your eye. Um, And they make sure to pay their guys... Uh, slightly unfairly, uh, just so they can afford to get by with the low grade of product they're kind of producing. Exactly. So um, that, to me, I, I really hope that doesn't, you know, right. enable itself here in Vegas. But that's how it's kind of been in California for the most part. Right. Um, but from my understanding, they actually just kind of did uh, a reset on the guys that control the licensing in California. Oh, really? They fired everybody within the marijuana uh, licensing department and right. kind of reestablished a bunch of new people. Um, and even Gavin Newsom had to come out and be like, hey, we totally realized this was unfair. <laughs> um, why only eight companies were able to access the licensing website eight two companies. months before everybody else? We have no idea how it happened. You know, no, We all, have no idea. Yeah, they're Check all the playing. books. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Why eight billionaires get forty percent of the licenses in California? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bet you anything, one hundred percent of those billionaires that have never smoked pot in their lives. Yeah. Oh no, no. And that's the biggest thing too. It's funny you say that because I don't understand people who are in this industry and don't consume the product themselves. Oh. It doesn't make sense to me um, because I. It just how can you sell a product? Right. That you yourself don't use. Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you look at a lot of entrepreneurs, and if you look at people even like Mark Cuban, okay, you watch one episode of Shark Tank, mm-hmm. you notice he'll say when he doesn't invest in somebody, he goes, I don't see myself using this product. I don't see myself having this. I don't see myself um, putting this on a shelf in my house or letting my wife use it at all. I don't plan on owning this, so I can't invest. And I think that is... That in and of itself, like if someone like Mark Cuban is saying you gotta use your own product, right? How are these other these other people are clearly just in it for the bucks, man? They're exactly. just in it for the dough, and they don't care how it makes people feel. They don't care that they're producing a good product. They just want to get in while the gold rush is hot, and exactly. Pull out when Walmart and CVS come in and go, hey, we just want to buy you out, and now we're gonna 
put all your flour in our stores. It, it's and, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think by the time my son is at least in in his late teens or early twenties, he's going to be able to walk into Target and you know, at, you know how like we are at dispensaries. Like, what's the name of this and what's the name mm-hmm, of that? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just going to pull up to to the cannabis aisle and be like, "Well, <laughs> I think that Super Silver Haze is right. is, is on special," you yeah. know. But I, I think with with every industry, we see that as soon as these people push in, the quality drops, like how you were saying with Absolutely. Ignite and, and, and all these other companies. But we do see the winning of the smaller companies. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 and the real craft growers. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, uh, I've known you for a long time, and you and I have, have had multiple, multiple conversations on who we thought was the best and, you know, what, what we think is the best. But solely focus on your product. Would you be able to, to name off some of the strains yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm currently growing uh, Polar Perps by Dungeon Vault Genetics, the Fatio G from Prolifico Seeds, uh, Honey Tree from Prolifico Seeds, and White Grapefruit Cookies from Oni, uh, Oni Seeds, and then uh, Spartan Kush from Spartan Family Genetics. And uh, Spartan Family Genetics is actually a veteran-owned breeder. Um, the guys Shout served out to them. Yep, guys served ten years in the army. Um, one of the coolest breeders I think I've ever talked to, as far as cannabis is concerned. Um, he isn't in it for the bucks. He isn't in it for the hype. He isn't in it for um, having the next coolest thing. He genuinely breeds his plants because he cares about the quality that comes out in his seeds and his genetics. Um, and I don't think he gets enough. He might have, I think he's like 30,000 followers on Instagram. I think he should have like 250,000 <laughs> just because um, the guy is so nice, so sweet, um, and one of the most genuine breeders that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to, even though it was just through Instagram. Right. Um, I think he's just a super genuine person. And being a vet, too, like we have related to each other in a bunch of ways and he's actually sent me free seeds before and just been like hey man you know i actually found this in the back of my fridge um and this is a strain that i released a while ago and uh, you want to you want to pack like oh wow yeah so I, you pick up my stuff all the time so you know i'll throw this in on the next time you want to pick up any seeds and i was like man you know there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of people like that in the industry man no. humbleness humbleness is very key in this industry and if you can be humble and if you can be satisfactory with, like, the facility you have or just being humble with the quality, high quality of flour you're producing, right. just just do that. You know, there's, there's no reason to buy eight warehouses and produce 450 million pounds a week, dude. There's not. Like, no. I, you know, if, if we took away all the licenses from these richer guys and we broke them down into smaller craft growers and stuff... I think we'd see a much higher level of product in the dispensaries as a whole altogether. Yeah. And, and a much lower price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, again, being a young man and, and uh, entering these dispensaries in California and, and thinking, oh, 35 and 8th isn't too bad. And mm-hmm. you being a medical patient, you, don't, you, know, you wouldn't pay taxes or not too much taxes. And you move to Nevada and I, I'm, I'm buying $65 an eighth. Yeah. And just, oh, this is, what I, this is what I'm getting to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and then... You know, you're, you're paying twice as much, and then by the time you smoke it, you realize, wow, this is not very good. No, no. And, and I don't think it has anything to do with Nevada because I, I've I've heard there's there's phenomenal cultivators out here. Hundred percent. But there are some good companies out here for sure. Yeah, and and some good growers. But it, did did you choose those strains specifically for a reason or? Uh, yeah, I I specifically picked out the Honey Tree and the Fati OG because. Uh, being from LA, I love OGs. You yeah. can't go wrong. It's one of those strains it's where culture. Yeah, man. It it uh, in simplicity, it does it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the strains that I can smoke time and time again, and it gives me the same effect, and I love it. And it it's just definitely hands down one of my favorite strains. It just makes me feel the best. It calms me down. It it does everything I want it to medically do to me. Right. Uh, that other strains just don't. Like you hear, you know, Purple Punch. Purple Punch is going around all over the place. People are like, oh, you know, this is the new hype. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then you smoke it and you're like, this is cool. It tastes good. But my high's over in 45 minutes. Exactly. You know? And you're like, why, you know, why, is this, why is this hype so hard? Why is this, you know? Um, and that's exactly what it is. It really is just hype. And, uh, you know, one specific grower. Like a lot of people follow 
uh, like the Jungle Boys, man. It's wild. I, I hate to say it, but as far as quality goes, that, that is the best I've, I can honestly say I've ever had. Yeah. Um, I think recently their stuff hasn't been so hot. Uh, but in the two years prior to this year, um, I agree with you 250%. I think their flower was, was one of the best in the game. Um, and they they really killed it, man. Ivan and everybody over there. Shout out to Ivan. He's a yeah. cool guy. Yeah. He, the, the whole crew over there is, is phenomenal. The dispensary is phenomenal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a byproduct of um, expanding, man. It, it you, is. You, you, the beauty of having a smaller facility is that you can really tend to each plant and make sure that everything is good and... Uh, there's nothing negative going on in your garden whatsoever. Gotcha. And people think like, ah, oh, you can just set it and forget it. You know, you can add a, you can do an automatic watering system and your weed will grow itself. And then you come back and you're confused as to why um, there's mold and bugs all over your plants. Wow. And, you know, um, so when it goes to like bigger facilities like that, like I have a friend that works at the Cookies Grow in Maywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's told me they have problems with uh, like mold and stuff simply because of the size of their facility. They, really? It's really hard for them to spray their organic moldicides and fungicides all over their plants because they just like the machines that are currently available can't cover the 50,000 square foot, you know, right. warehouse that they're growing in. And, and, and these are guys like, I, th- I, I honestly want to say Cookies is the fastest expanding company 100%. as far as cannabis goes. Burner's killing the game. Cookies yeah. is killing the game. Um, I uh, I love what Burner has done for the industry. I agree. I think that uh, personally, I think that he should uh, stay in California and expand in California. Really? That's just me. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of respect for him. And again, what he's done for the industry. Um, not my favorite rapper, but definitely, <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. Um, he kind of set him and the Jungle Boys really set a precedence for I, other people. I agree. And what's funny is I worked at a hydroponic store in Arizona. I moved to Arizona with the goal to be a cultivator out there and right. kind of start my own company, kind of what I did here in Vegas. Um, and working at the hydroponic store, it was wild, man, because guys would literally come in and be like, I want whatever lights, nutrients, and growing medium the Jungle Boys use. Oh. And they'd be like, I want to copy this, and I want, to, I want to plug it into my grow, and that's all I want to do. And I'm like, right. brother, there's better ways, there's other nutrients, there's other, there's other ways to cultivate. It's not, you don't just have to do it their way. Right. You know what I mean? There's, I know there's great growers out there that do like living soil, and they literally, when they chop down their plants, they harvest their buds, and then they recycle all of the dead plant material into their soil. Oh. And it then refeeds their next like harvest compost. of plants. Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, they put bugs in it and they put all the proper nutrients and stuff so that way um, everything is getting mulched and eaten and thrown right back into the soil. Um, Prolific Coast Seeds and Coma the Grower, some of the genetics I have in there now, the honey tree and the Fati OG, he's a perfect example of that. Um, I didn't really have respect for soil growers for a while just because um, a lot of folks just come in, they buy a bag of soil, throw some seed, and they're like, I want the easiest thing. And soil really is easy. Right. But doing a living soil, like I just described to right. you, and finding the perfect balance that your plants enjoy with your soil, um, is it's bioscience. It is straight up out the door bioscience. And if you can't, if you're not ready to take on that psychological aspect of understanding why calcium and magnesium are, um, you know, coming out of your soil and and your plants are only deficient in this, 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 and that, um, don't do it. (laughs) For for, for all the kids coming up in the game, you just got a chemistry lesson. (laughs) That's that's, that's really important because from what it sounds like, again, you call it a craft grow. You you, you call it something that you're proud of. And and, and again, you you obviously put science and the hard work hand in hand and and it shows, you know. Um, that being said, and before we move away from flower, what are your what are your favorite strains um, that aren't in my garden? Just just overall. Oh man, um, uh, oof! Uh, the Cure Company in really? in LA, 
They do a Venom OG and their Marathon OG. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. Rest yep, in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Um, I think he was a partial owner of yes. The Cure, right? Yeah. Like he owned 50%? Yep. They did Marathon for him, because of him, and everything. Yep. Um, dude, that's the best flower I've ever had. The and Cure, I, really? Yeah, The Cure Company, their, their Marathon OG is... That's guaranteed. Knock your lights out and you know just have a good time. It's funny because that was actually the first ever dispensary I walked into as an adult. Well, nice. I mean, all, all, all together, um, I, I had just got my med card. I was you know just again I was looking for something for for, for the stress and to sleep and, and things like that. And I had issues with of course other substances. I had you know being in the military, you're taught to chain smoke and abuse alcohol like it's right. a normal thing. Right. And you know I. At that point, I just it, nothing was working for me, and, and you know how, how did you you know I, I couldn't maintain my own health, and again, cannabis helped me through those really dark times, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but and but DTPG I think is is the name of, of the yes, dispensary that, mm-hmm. owned, that is owned by the Cure, mm-hmm. and, and shout out to them, they're, they're they're really good people. They showed me love every time I walked in through the door. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the. My buddy Dope is Yola, Thomas, actually. Shout out to him. I'm a big fan, man. Yeah, man. He's great, dude. I love everything he does. I uh, I like watching him from the shadows and making sure he's doing well for himself. And every single time he does a clothing drop, I'm buying shirts. Even if they don't fit me or he sells out the size, <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, I support that guy as much as I can from afar just because we live in different states now. Right. Um, but he's the one that brought Marathon OG to my eyes. Really? And actually, I was hanging out with him and his uh, and his girlfriend. And uh, we smoked a joint of that, and he was like, you're going to smoke this and never want to smoke anything else. And I'm sitting there. For him to say that. Right. And I was like, shut up, dude. Like, that's what everybody says about their weed. And then I smoked it, and I was like, Thomas, you were the first person to ever, like, say that. And it stuck, and it, like, it meant. Like, everything he talked about, the strain, I felt it, man. Wow. I 100% felt it swear it wasn't placebo <laughs> no, I, I, I think that that just shows uh nipsey hustle's character yeah whatever he says is true and, mm-hmm. and i think it embodied in in that plant because i i've had it myself and it's exactly how you describe it yeah. you know um and shout and, out to og over at uh cure company man their head grower over there super great guy he's the one that does the marathon he's the one that does they had a peach apricot gelato Ooh. and it smells just like the name mm-hmm. and uh i i, I comprehend that Cannabis might not be everyone's favorite topic, but when you find someone that's really into it and you have the taste palette for it, these strains and these terpenes and these, you know, these profiles really do exist in these plants. And that's what makes that, that that's what makes the enthusiasm rise. That, that's what right. makes me a cannabis enthusiast. It's not, oh, I'm just going to do it to get high. No, there's a beauty behind it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the plants and the buds and it, 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 it's obvious that it takes a skilled person to grow these things correctly. Right. You know, um, but one of the things, and, and I know that it's not popular with a lot of people, but I really don't care, is edibles. Yeah. Have, have you ever had a crazy edible story? Oh, 100%, dude. While I was working at that same dispensary, I was just telling the story about that with mm-hmm. the lady who bought the 1,000 milligram brownies. Right. Um, I was working there, and one of the bud tenders decided to swap a 7 Eleven brownie. <laughs> With a 500 milligram Corova brownie. Shout out to Corova, yeah. Yeah, and I was so hungry, I hadn't had breakfast yet. And Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, and he goes, hey, bro, we snagged you these snacks from, uh, from 7-Eleven. We got you your favorite brownie. And I was like, sick. Unwrapped it in the 7-Eleven wrapping, right. uh, thinking I was being sabotaged. And lo and behold, I ate it, and it took me about 45 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I got to go home. <laughs> you know, I called my boss. I was like, look, dude, um, if I do not get in my car right now and go home, I'm passing out here at the store. I'm just letting you know that. Wow. You will have to literally carry me into your car, and I will be falling asleep guaranteed. And he was wow. just like, okay, go ahead and go home. I'm going to send somebody to replace you. Don't even worry about it. And I expressed to him, you know, how I got drugged, essentially. Right. <laughs> um, but, dude, that was I was high for 48 hours. 48 hours. Yeah, 48 hours. I woke up the next morning, and I was just like, who does this? Right. You know, like, what in the world? Who does this for fun? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is almost, and it's not even like I felt terrible. It wasn't like, a, oh, I'm hungover. It was like, dude, I don't know if I can drive my car. Right. I don't know if I can go get Taco Bell. You, you don't, like, you, <laughs> you have a lapse of time. Right. And that's one of the things I always tell people. 
um, and, and we'll get into my story in a little bit. But when you get to that point, you try to figure out, like, you try to time people's conversations to, like, mm-hmm. maybe I should interject now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to slow mo yourself and be like, oh my God, if I don't respond now, I'm not So, so you went home and just completely passed yep. out? Passed out. Uh, both my roommates literally watched me stomp up the stairs dragging myself with the with the metal bars along the stairs right throwing myself in bed and then i came out i think like 16 hours later oh, and they were wow. like dude did you like take xanax like what happened and i was like nah man someone drugged me with a edible and they just started laughing at me and they were like ah that, that's the way to you go. know at least it's an edible and not you know anything else <laughs> so so I, I used to work in the valley right and i my commute was from from uh from the valley to downtown la and I had just started, you know, uh, you know, picking up cannabis and just making it my thing. And, and I here I come in with that ego, like I, I can take anything. I'm, I, not, nothing's ever really affected me that much. Right. And I had this cushy punch. I think it was 500. Yeah. Fi- 500 milligram sativa edible. Oh, no. And and it was it was my good friend, Jonathan, that that, that had given it to me. And I remember just popping it in my mouth right when I got into my car, driving home, feeling nothing at all going mm-hmm. See, I knew this edible wasn't, these edibles weren't going to do a damn thing to me. And I gag the moment I get to my elevator. And I'm like, that was weird. I wonder why that happened. It's probably my allergies. I get, I get to the third floor. I get to my bed. By the time I'm at my door, I'm dripping cold sweat going, something's obviously wrong. Something's obviously wrong. And then I'm, I'm in my room just covered in sweat at this point, And mm-hmm. I'm trying to take off my shirt. I, I'm barely successful with that. And I'm, by the time my, my slacks are to my knees, I'm hunched over and I fall on my bed. <laughs> and my cat sees me. Mm-hmm. I think my cat panicked and went, like, went to grab my mom who was, who was visiting at the time. And she was uh, in the living room. And I'm like, help me onto the bed. <laughs> she, she, she does so. <laughs> and then like, she, she grabs a towel and she's like, you know, trying to cool me down. And she's, what did you take? Did someone drug you? What are you doing at work? What's, what's going on? And I'm, I can't respond. I'm not like, in, in my mind, I'm there, but I can't physically move or say or do anything. And I'm right. You, you have to, uh, you put your breathing into manual mode. You breathe. Remember to breathe. Yeah. In, <laughs> out. In, out. So in the midst of all that, she calls my aunt who lives on the fifth floor. In comes my aunt, and my mom is, is, is just spraying me and throwing something at my face, and it's burning. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? My aunt's off in the corner praying, and I'm going, oh, shit, this is an exorcism. <laughs> it was a fucking edible. Damn. That, and and, and I'll, I'll leave it that way, but you know the effect of being high for 48 hours? Dude. This is, this is not a comfortable high. No. This is... This is you're literally watching the devil appear in your room and laughing at you the whole time. Yeah. It's not that cool. Sativas especially, man. They hit much, much different than Indicas. In uh, edible form or? Edible form, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why the edible trend, for the most part, um, a lot of companies are leaning towards distillate edibles versus butter edibles. I could see that. Um, it keeps longer because you don't have to use uh, as much. Yeah, as much. Um, and distillate is literally just pure THC. There's nothing. When you go through the process of distillation, it strips all the terpenes. It strips CBG, strips, strips the CBNs, CBD. The only thing in distillate that there's supposed to be, if done properly is THC. Really? So, yeah, and it's a lot easier to dose out. It's a lot easier to factor into, you know, um, large manufacturing of gummies and cookies and brownies and stuff like that. Um, And it's also, people have found it to be a much more controllable high. Um, So uh, that's kind of where edibles are going for the most part. There are definitely some smaller companies that are still doing, like the people who do, like, the craft Cupcakes. And, I've, I've seen a few of those. Yeah, uh, like cake balls and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they still kind of do with butter, but it's just really hard because you you have to have the same product to make your butter with, and you have to use the same amount of butter every time. Wow. And, you know, let's say um, the person you buy the flour from to make your butter, one day all the trimming and stuff he gave you was for a Marathon OG, okay? your edibles come out super strong and you're great and everybody feels oh. awesome and then you buy flour again same guy but he just harvested a bunch of jack herrera and you make your butter with a bunch of jack herrera and your customers are going yo 
it's three in the morning. Why am I still thinking rapidly? Why am I still going through all these consecutive thoughts? And like, why am I cleaning my room? And like, I'm supposed to be sleeping. I'm supposed to be eating these edibles. So that's why a lot of people are going towards distillate because I, I can get that. Yeah, it's it's just so much easier. Uh, the, the, for the people that don't smoke cannabis, there's a strain out there called Green Crack. Mm-hmm. That had me doing my taxes. <laughs> I remember once, I, and it was in pen form, and I remember hitting it and going out and going, you know what, I'm going to be productive today. And, and for, you know, again, I, I don't think it's okay for everyone to smoke pot. There, there's, there's a 19-year-old single dad out there with no job that probably should not be spending his money on pot. Yeah. You know, you, you should probably be focusing on getting it together. Mm-hmm. But then you have, of course, your veterans and your elderly people and right. your, your sick people that, that obviously need it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like being productive is, is very important in life. And, and, again, cannabis has actually brought me to that point, to the point where I can you know, stop the voices in my head from telling, you know, telling all this self-doubt to the pain in my back or, you know, the anxiety of driving sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you come home and I hate to say it, but sitting in two hours worth of LA traffic is not good for your mental health. No, it's not, man. It's and, really not. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very big fan of, of what this can do for your mental health because again, you're measuring it yourself, mm-hmm. but some people shouldn't be touching this. And there are some people that need it way more than others. Oh yeah. is because of political choices of a few exactly and that's so wrong that's so wrong that's terrible it um i, I was reading an article yesterday um it might have been ohio or michigan it was one of the northern states but a senator came out saying there's no such thing as medical weed and that it doesn't exist and to say that is, is you're lying to yourself and i was sitting there with my girlfriend and she also makes edibles she works here in vegas right um we were just like distraught and we were so confused that's because you know like you like you were explaining with charlotte earlier like how can you ignore those things how can you just ignore the facts in front of you and the countless people that have come forward and said that it benefits them the veterans yeah the veterans you know you have the people serving your country who are then using the like you said earlier the crappy health care service that we provide them right and they're going hey man I'm finding more benefits out of a $5 joint than I am a $60 bottle of, you know, whatever. Whatever they're, they're pumping them full of over there. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, and this should go for all 50 states, man. I don't think anyone that legitimately has, you know, we'll, we'll just underlie and say cancer, should ever pay for THC products, period. It should be free to them at all times. And that was something that I loved about the medical market in California is that, um, unfortunately, ever since becoming recreational, they've rescinded the law, but they used to allow patients to literally come in and get free product from the dispensary as long as the owner was okay with it. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I and, remember, uh, shout out to, to 3C and Canoga in, in, in LA, they, mm-hmm. they, they were really big on that. 100%. Yeah, and I worked with those guys directly, and I watched the people come in and tell their stories, man. And you could tell the people that you could very easily tell the guys that would pick up daily, you know, they would just smoke to smoke and they right. didn't really care. And then you had the people who like came in at 6 PM because they got off work and their kids hadn't gotten home yet. <laughs> and they were like, you know, I have severe anxiety or, um, I've had thoughts of suicide or I've been severely depressed or any of those, you know, kind of psychological aspects of, of mental health. And they're just like, weed is what gets me through and like helps me wake up in the morning. Wow. Which is wild. You know, there's people that take pharmaceuticals that, that are supposed to take care of those type of things. And she's like, no, all I need now is just a joint while my kids are sleeping. And then I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm wow. my normal self. Yo, shout out. Man, it, it, it's a miracle what this plant can do. Yeah. It's, it's why. And what's crazy is like, I, how our government can say we haven't legalized it because we haven't done enough research is the most BS thing I've ever heard in my life. That's true. There's, there's no way. Because we we're surrounded by other countries that have done the research. Exactly. And have legalized Canada is a perfect example. Canada yeah. allows, allows their police force to go ahead and yep. use it while off duty. Correct. Yeah, it's, they, they treat it just like alcohol, which they should. Hundred um, percent. They they mail it across. Could, and, and and when people understand this, like the whole taxation process of it all, and and if if this would really have that goodwill, like we intended it to, where you know X amount of dollars went to schools and things that we would need. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a, a a kid hooked on oxy getting half an ounce from California, from from somewhere in the the you know the Emerald Triangle? 
I'm pretty sure opioid addiction would drop in Appalachia. Yeah, I mean, every, every state that we've seen with opioid epidemics that have gone to medical cannabis, Pennsylvania is a perfect example of that. They had a 23% drop in overdoses since wow. legalizing medical cannabis in their state. Overdoses. Overdoses. Wow. And they are their police departments within that state are infamous for carrying five, six, or seven doses of Narcan at a time because 80% of the phone calls they get are ODs. So not even crimes, straight wow. up. Wow. Which is, you know, that's, that's wild to me. Um, but a 23% decrease in ODs thanks to cannabis. It wow. saved 23% of the lives in the state of Pennsylvania. That is remarkable. <laughs> and, 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 and to put and to put it uh, in the eyes, in the perspective of someone who's a pro, you know, that much pro capitalist, it saved you a lot of tax dollars from people dying in your hospitals, mm-hmm. having to use these thousands of dollars worth of medication, having to take up hours worth of these doctors' times in these facilities that are paid out of our, you know, taxpayer pockets, right? Because they chose a joint over overdose. Correct. Because yeah. I hate to say it, the only way cannabis kills you is if it falls on you and it weighs a million pounds. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. And it, what's cool, too, is, is, yep, now our tax dollars are now being used more effectively. And now the police departments in Pennsylvania are being used more effectively. They're, they're no longer responding to ODs. They're responding to legitimate calls. Which they should. Exactly. Yeah. 110%. Police officers should not be responding to ODs. No. You know, they, they are not. They're medically trained to a certain extent. Right. You know? There need to be, you know, obviously paramedics are probably another large group that handles the ODs and stuff, but they are much thinner than the police force. Yeah. So they can only handle so much. The cops can only handle so much. But now when you have a 23% decrease in ODs, uh, they're working more effectively in solving more crimes, and they're able to use more of their own time while on duty to effectively police around you know the society around them which is what they're supposed to be doing yeah shout out to shout out to that and i I think that that example that you just used is a is a perfect example like you thought this plant was the devil it pulled up to your state and now 23 percent of you know people that were old well ODing, i guess as a whole 23 percent of them are are not dead Mm -hmm. you know it it dropped significantly i'm pretty sure it's going to continue to drop yeah you know but when uh, you think of the population of a state you know could be millions of people. Yeah, twenty three percent of millions of people is a lot of people, that's, that's man. A that's a people. lot of people. A lot of dads now contributing to society. Yeah. Now being responsible. You could say, oh well, now they're smoking weed. Who's to say they're being responsible? But they're alive, and they yeah. they they might not be directly benefiting you specifically, but now they're they're able to function in their families, and they're able to you know they're not getting thrown into these state-provided facilities for months and months on end. You know what I mean? They're, they're able to just sit at home, smoke a joint, and effectively be a member of society and their own family. Gotcha. So that being said, uh, where, can, where can my followers find you? Uh, Instagram right now. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Um, we'll be dropping our flower at the end of September. Um, so I'll make sure to let you know what dispensary specifically we're in. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now Instagram is just Ocean Grown, O-C-H-E-N, like my last name, Grown, G-R-O-W-N. And that's that's me, man. You'll see my new logo and a bunch of pictures of strains that are going on here at the facility and, nice. and what we'll be working with. And one more question. What would you tell a kid growing up in 2020 right now? What would I tell a kid? It just, just what would you it, in general form? Because this is this is for my kid. Uh, make sure you look at all the surrounding aspects of what's going on around you. Don't don't ever think one way is the right way because there's tons of roads and pathways that life can take you. And don't let one specific person or one specific thing tell you that you need to go one way. Always look at all your options that are on the table. And, and find what works best for you and what's going to make you happy in the long run. Not what's going to pay your bills, not what's just going to get you by, but what gets you excited to wake up in the morning and go do. 
That's beautiful, man. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for for giving me this opportunity and bringing this to light, man. You're 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 a guy that I've that I've known since my early twenties, man. And it's funny where 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 life has taken us, but yet you yeah. know we, we still you know we still find each other. And uh, I, I I was speaking to this with my executive producer that the first episode of Atlas Cast started with a LAPD officer that I served with, and the last episode is ending with a cannabis cultivator that I served <laughs> with as well in yeah. the same unit. Right. So wherever you go and whoever you meet, you know you're you're gonna meet some good people out there, and uh, I'm I'm glad to have met you in my life, brother. You too, man. And, Thank you for having me on. And uh, that wraps up the first season of the podcast. So thank you, everybody.